You're listening to the Middle Cut Podcast. Irish whiskey in conversation. Brought to you by Potstilled.com. Your one-stop shop for Irish whiskey news and interviews. Now, it's time for your hosts. Hello, 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 and welcome to a brand new episode of the Middle Cut Podcast. My name is Matt Healy from Potstilled.com, also known as Potstilled Matt, and I am delighted to be joined by the whiskey nerd, the one and only Mr. Matt Jones. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? I am doing well. I am delighted to be back for another episode of the Middle Cup Podcast with you. Um, we are sitting down here as a, once again virtual this month. Um, but I do want to say a very big thank you, as always, whether we're virtual or in person together, um, to the show sponsors, Irish Malts, uh, your one-stop shop for Irish whiskey, gins, and puchines delivered straight to your door where legal to do so. Check them out on irishmalts.com. They are also the people behind uh, Three Drams, which is the monthly subscription service that brings uh, three new Irish whiskeys to your door every month with an online virtual tasting with the makers and creators of those whiskeys hosted by yours truly. Um, so I am biased as hell, but I will tell you it's a great uh, way to taste whiskeys with nearly 1,800 other people all around the world. Um, check out 3drams.com for that. Um Matt, how are you doing? Uh, the Whiskey Nerd, always great to have you on the show. I'm delighted you're here uh, yet again for another episode. Mm -hmm. It's good to be uh, here. I mean, it, it's always fun to talk about whiskey. It's always fun to drink a bit of whiskey. It's always fun to have good times. Exactly. So as we've gone through every show, um, you are uh, a very knowledgeable uh, whiskey fellow as yourself. Um, give us a plug on your uh, social media channels for those who do want to catch up with you online. Yeah, well, I am known uh, around the internet as the Whiskey Nerd. I'd, I'd like to think I live up to that name. I, I focus on whiskey reviews and whiskey cocktails, featuring whiskey cocktails, in featuring whiskeys in different ways, making sure people know you can drink whiskey, you can enjoy it whatever way you like it. But when it comes to reviews, I do tend to focus on Irish whiskey because it's all about promoting Irish whiskey, promoting our native spirit. But it's, it's good to see the little guys coming out again. And I do like featuring smaller brands that do tend to punch above their weight, as we were talking about. In the last episode, we were talking about some good Irish brands of focus, and I like to bring up new whiskey distilleries. It's great to see the renaissance of Irish whiskey, and so that's why I focus on Irish whiskey. Oh, well, absolutely fantastic. I think a lot of people out there can agree with you that focusing on the renaissance of Irish whiskey is is a lot of fun. Um, I suppose it is it is Paddy's Day season. It is. It is yeah. uh, as a lot of Irish whiskey companies will attest. It is. It is the Christmas um uh, equivalent for irish whiskey companies um paddy's day as we said in the last episode we we, we have a lot of um uh punching weight that the the not the not just the industry has but the the country has in terms of of representing ourselves across the globe for st patrick's day um St. Patrick's Day is going to be the is it's not just going to be it is always the the largest time of year for um, on trade sales in in bars and restaurants and also off trade in in liquor stores, convenience stores, you know, supermarkets, etc. For Irish whiskey, um, the biggest time of the year. Um, this, I suppose, St. Patrick's Day, you know, we're we're kind of post a lot of COVID regulations, uh, you know. Uh, in, yeah. in most countries, not all. Um, 
back a little bit more to the norms we're seeing pre-COVID levels of sales, tourism, visitors, um, everything else of the likes um, coming back on stream. Uh, the hostels in Dublin um, are 1,900 euro a night for a bed in a 12-bed dorm. You know, the world yeah. is right. Uh, you do love you do love to see the influx of people that come to Ireland. Like it's it's great to hear like the amount of different languages. Well, like you'll hear like I, I like I, one of my guilty pleasures is I, I go to Butler's Chocolate Cafe, I get myself a coffee, comes with a little chocolate. Love doing that, but I love hearing all different languages. People going, oh look at this chocolate, oh look at that chocolate, because they come to Ireland. Like let's get a bit of a souvenir and let's get this. And you do, I do know it's always a pickup around this time of year. Obviously, you go to a shop like the Celtic Whiskey Shop, you go to James Fox, you're going to see some other kind of crowds there, a bit older, a bit more maybe like getting something fancy for themselves. But it's good to see the, the amount of people who come over and just enjoy Ireland at this time of year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for for me, there's a lot of brands that, uh, obviously every brand is, is paying attention to St. Patrick's Day. Um, one brand that I think does quite well with St. Patrick's Day is the Lost Irish. Um, Tim Hurley over over yeah. in the US, uh, his brand that he's launched there, very much a brand for uh, the the Irish nomads of the world. Um, very interesting whiskey. Um, but he has, or the brand has posted a number of uh, what does St. Patrick's Day really mean posts, which I wanted to start the show with. Um the first one is uh, when someone asks you if you know Bono, say yes, he's my dad. Yeah. Always a fantastic way to shut that down. Um, it says, uh, this, again, I'm going to preference this. This is very much US-centric responses. Um, yeah. says, um, no Irish person would be caught dead drinking green beer, and you shouldn't either, um, which is a trend I've seen less than over the last couple of years in the US side, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously still quite prevalent. Um, it was Irish Great Inventions number 42, flavored potato chips, you're welcome, which is <laughs> they were invented in Ireland, um, which is, uh, I'm I'm delighted that that's a thing that's, that we yeah. did. Um, it says, when someone says, hey, my grandmother was from Cavan, do you know the O'Flaherty's? It says, you do, and you know you don't like them. <laughs> it is always embarrassing when someone says, oh, do you know this person? You go, no, I do know their brother, though. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. It's like Ireland's not actually that small. Like, well, actually, no, actually, what David from the Shannon? Yeah, no, actually, yeah, I do, I do know. know him. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I like this one. It says the day when the Ivory Coast flag accidentally trends. <laughs> needs to know the inverse of the uh, of the Irish flag. Um, and says, why do we wear shamrocks? Because real rocks are too heavy. <laughs> so, um. There's a couple here that were um, you kind of need to read in text, and that's fine because uh, when the most popular man in Ireland isn't even Irish, it's actually Garth Brooks. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be a joke about Patrick being, you know, Welsh, but no, 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 no. It's it is more topical, more more relevant. Um, and then uh, to finish it off, uh, 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 what what is St. Patrick's Day without a quip about the English? And it says when everyone's allowed to be Irish except the English. Um, but yeah, so obviously St. Patrick's Day is, is uh, celebrated differently across the world, um, but fantastic and weird and wonderful that yeah. St. Patrick's Day parades and stuff actually happen across the world, which is insanity in its yeah. own right. Um, I do like the U.S. I do like the U.S. approach um, that if St. Patrick's Day doesn't fall on the weekend, they just they just move it to the weekend. Yeah, yeah they just change the date and put it on the weekend. Um, 
I lived in Japan for a while and they do the same thing. Although I will say it's it's strange to see. There's actually like I I lived in Nagasaki, which is it's far enough away from like the main areas. It's kind of generally a rural it's a big city, but it's in kind of the rural area. It's kind of like if you imagine like the Galway of Ireland, it's 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 a big city, but it's it's surrounded by kind of rural area. And on St. Patrick's Day in Nagasaki, have you ever heard of a band called Teada? Well, they're they're actually a pretty famous. They sell out stadiums in France. They're very famous outside of Ireland, okay. but they played in Nagasaki, and it was just fantastic. There was so many people there, and once they kind of got into it, they were like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, that's cool." And then there was Irish dancing. It's surprising to see how much people actually love the idea of Irish culture that we have our own dance, we have our own thing. We don't really make a big deal of it, but on St. Patrick's Day, when we're allowed to show it off suddenly everyone knows how to do a jig suddenly everyone knows how to do something and we can be proud of ourselves and i think that's something that a lot of people like appreciate we're not always like ireland's the best country in the world like we are inside saying yeah, it oh, only on saint patrick's day we go now let's let's show off what we can do and then we kind of let our people have their limelight exactly i'm also having this weird thing i have a ring light in front of me and it is like progressively getting brighter and i'm not <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what it's doing. It's just every like fifteen seconds, it's just going one brighter. Um, so anyway, if I overexpose in a while, that's that's why. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, around the world, uh, obviously, a very big um, impact on the world. You know, as we talked in the last episode about punch. Doing it again. Uh, talk about punching above our weight. Um, but uh, you know, in whether it be green beer or it be um, whiskeys around the world, um, obviously St. Patrick's Day is a great time to be able to celebrate Irish culture and things that um, in some cases are a little plastic patty and no Irish, but in, in many cases um, are, are very nice to, to reflect upon as well. Um, but in terms of different cultures, I don't, I don't know what the, uh, you know, I, I've been to Japan and, and, uh, a couple of times and my experience with Japanese people was that the, the the knowledge of Ireland was very apart from being a food safe nation I think we talked about it in the first episode yeah that the, uh, there was the food health scandal in Asia in like the 80s and they know Ireland is food safe but they've you know little yeah. no one they've no knowledge that shamrocks and emeralds come yeah you know, I, I had a, a few times where I was talking to someone I said oh where are you from 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 Ireland to go Oh, what state is that? It's like, no, no, it's it's not America. It's it's its own country. And then you point to it on a map, and they go, "Oh, England." It's like, no, mm, try try again. Yeah. Or then you go, you go, because the Irish word for, for the Japanese for Ireland is "Irurando," and then you go, "I Isulando," or because they've heard of Iceland. Like, oh, is it Iceland? Like, no, mm, try once more. It's Iceland. But then I, I almost, figured out like, almost the right amount, the right letters. Yeah, I figured out a quick one. Um, there's a the, a, the Japanese for love is I. So, you know, a, a, and so I go, oh, it's I, Ruranda, like I, I, you know, love. And they're like, oh, it's like a love line. Like, yes, I'll take that over what state are you from? Yeah. But yeah, there's there's definitely a, a, a bit of learning, I think, to be done. They know of Ireland as a concept, but if you ask, where, where are we on a map? They'd say, <laughs> I don't know. No, that's understandable. In, in the US, uh, they have very big traditions around obviously the, the Chicago dying the river green in Philadelphia. They have a thing called the Aaron express, which is massive, uh, volumes of pub crawls, uh, throughout the city. It actually as tra- I find it quite interesting is transcended. There was actually a pub crawl and there still is yeah. called the Aaron express, but it has become the name for the weekend of St. Uh, Patrick's. Okay. 
which is 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 actually really interesting that it just it just means that weekend it means you're going pub, pub hopping um but it, it, it's any bar and when i lived there i found it very interesting that once i found out that it actually was a and they were an express it was even stranger they're like no it's not actually on the route i'm like what route it's just yeah. um but obviously all across the us you get different traditions and and uh, one of my favorite things was um i would meet people on a regular basis that would be from a small town um that would would tell me and i don't know why this is but i really love this um i've talked about this in a couple podcasts but uh, they would always tell me that their town is the third largest St. Patrick's Day parade in the U.S., and it was always third largest. There's yeah. never any other number. And I, and I've talked about this before with people, and it's like, you know, obviously, first largest, like the largest, is going to be easy to disprove. Second largest is probably also easy to disprove. Yeah. But like third largest is like far enough, and you're probably not going to look it up. You know, um, yeah. So people would be like. I'm from Scranton, Pennsylvania. It's actually the third largest Irish St. Patrick's Day parade in the U.S. And you'd be like, oh, no way. And they're like, yeah. oh, no way, man. You're Irish. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. We're the we're the third largest. Third largest. Yeah. Um, Little Rock actually has the um, shortest uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in the U.S. <laughs> uh, it's like one city block or something. Um, and it's yeah. like their claim to fame. Um, and actually, Tim Hurley from Lost Irish, aforementioned Lost Irish, uh, was the uh, Grand Marshal one year uh, with, oh, Rick, right. with Rick Flair and Alfonso Ribeiro. Which For a very was... short time, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One back, one So very interesting. Um, yeah. I do it, love, if you're, if you're ever in Ireland for the St. Patrick's Day Parade, I love the amount of pride as well. Like, oh, you know, if you, if you ever see, it goes over the parade, we don't really have marching bands in Ireland. There's a few of them, but all the marching bands from the States that come over they're so happy. They're so proud. They're so excited to be there. And yeah. like Rose, my wife, she's, she's American and she'd always learn a little bit about the schools. So she'd like look up on the websites and see like, Oh, their motto is like the bears. And so like she sees, let's say from little rock, Arkansas go by, she goes, go bears. And they go, and they're so excited to see people yelling at them because it, 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 it just shows you how friendly we are. And it's, it is great to see like just the, the pride that people have in, in being Irish, whether it's the third largest, parade in america or pretending it's the third largest parade in america yeah i mean if you're going through hokkaido in japan and someone says <laughs> up the dubs and uh, you'd be you'd be equally um as thrilled i on, but on the flip side of that um there was a there was a dublin at my, my, one of my first days living in the u.s there was a there was the all Ireland. it was the replay of the all ireland final um which also confuses americans that our super bowl I'll put that yeah. there for anyone that's listening. Super Bowl equivalent end of end of season tournament can end in a draw. And I think it was like the third or fourth year it had been a draw. Um, that is kind of a re- and we just replay it. So it's not even yeah. good. Okay. And 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 they're all like non-professional athletes. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and you sometimes know. you go, you'll go like, oh, th- this team this year they've got a lot of guardie, they got a lot of police officers. This team has a lot of firefighters. I think they're going to win because the other team has a lot of teachers. And it's yeah. like very like, oh, let's look at what they do in real life. Well, I I, I found it funny as I was I was in the states maybe like three days when that happened, um, and I saw a family walking by in Mayo jerseys. Um, the, yeah, the day the day before the the match. And it was in Philadelphia, and I said that to them. I walked by, and I was like, "Oh, I'm fucking delighted to see you know they were playing Dublin, and I was going to be supporting Dublin, but uh, and Dublin won, so you know, fair yeah. enough." Um, 
but uh, I saw them walk by and I like shouted at them in the street when they over Sam and they just looked at me terrified. And I was like, you are all Americans. I am so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah. So anyway, as, as is tradition on, on the show at the moment, um, I do want to ask you, uh, apart from terrifying Americans, uh, what, what whiskey do you have um, for your glass this, this well, time around? Our conversation last week actually got me got me thinking about something. So I'm gonna be drinking two stacks, the Blender's Cut Apricot Brandy Finish Cask Strength. It's a beast of a whiskey. Comes in at 63%, but it does not taste like it because it's a very nice blend. Finished in April in apple brandy, sorry, casks, and it just has wait for it. Brandy or apricot brandy? Apple, apple brandy. Wait for apple. wait for the pop. Oh, not a huge pop off it, but a nice pop. Yeah, so it's that's okay. Oh, it's awesome. yeah. It's Granny Smith apples. It's lovely. It's just toffeed Granny Smith apples. It's lovely, very strong, very nice, but just lovely. Because the last time we were here talking, I don't know if you had a chance to get it yet. We were talking about the two stacks cream liqueur. Just before just, you go on, look how beautiful yeah. that packaging. No, no, hold it, that back. Yeah. Look how beautiful that packaging is. Matte black bottom. So yeah. much foil, and it, it just it's just luxurious. Yeah, and they have the blend on them which i might speak a little bit about that blend in a minute but first off what are you drinking ah well that's a good question so i decided this time in a very unseasonable fashion uh to go with the dingle sawin um so the last time um i had uh, a product from that was sourced from gnd so this time i wanted to go something that was undistilled of of uh, of an indie distillery uh so the sawin which is single malt finished in muscatel casks. No, sorry, muscatel casks, not muscatel, two different grape varietals. Um, But uh, for celebrating the um, seasonal calendar at the uh, Halloween time of the Celtic year. So uh, I was very pleased I was uh, involved in launching this. I was the the media launch partner for this, which was great. Um, we had the Dingle Druid on, and she was able to bring us through the Celtic year as well. So I have that in my glass. Uh, again, I am at home enjoying myself, so I have a few ice cubes in here. Um, as I said last time, purists. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I always say, I, I make whiskey cocktails. I will put very nice whiskeys in cocktails, and if that's how you like to drink it, that's how you like to drink it. That's, yeah. <laughs> it was, there used to be... Uh, the, the global brand ambassador for Rowan Co., and I know it's a brand you love a lot. The old global brand ambassador for Rowan Co. was a lovely man called Alan Mulvihill, um, who has since moved uh, to Guadalajara in Mexico. Um, he he actually owns a tequileria out there, um, and he moved home to be the global brand ambassador for Rowan Co., and then eventually yeah. moved back. Um, but when there was one day I made, I think I, I think it was something very similar. I put like a good whiskey and I added like ice to it or something, or I, you know, use it in Irish coffee or yeah. something. And I got abused on Instagram by like 15 people about not, you know, making cocktails with nice whiskey and all this kind of stuff. Um, and Alan is a phenomenal brain for um, kind of, very deconstructed experimental cocktails and in the Rowan Co bar in the in the the powerhouse um in in the distillery 
they have a lot of access to very interesting kind of equipment, things that can separate things, chill things, freeze things. You know, there's a lot of um, very a lot of things you wouldn't find in a normal cocktail bar that's very fun to to work with. Um, so I got abused for using whiskey in in, in cocktails, um, and I instantly texted him at like 11 o'clock on a Saturday and I said, I said, Hey, I sent him screenshots of this. And I said, do you want to like piss off a lot of people on the internet and just make really fun cocktails with shit? I said, I'll bring, I'll bring expensive whiskeys. I'll bring five expensive whiskeys. If, um, if you mess with them basically. And he was like, absolutely. Um, we took a dingle single malt batch one, um, which is an incredibly sought after, uh, bottle, um we made an ice cream with that um we i'm trying to think what else we did we took um a couple of cast strength whiskeys and we made uh essentially like a fizz with them and we used champagne um mm-hmm. we we took others um and did kind of like habanero washes with them we did a fat wash of one like, so basically it was a, a fun day of of just yeah. making phenomenal flavors but really twisting the kind of form and fabric of you expect in irish whiskey it was a lot of fun and a lot of people got very annoyed um, yeah. well i i always say if you get annoyed at that like if there's if there, as long as there's a bit of care put into like you can always just make a cocktail and just say oh, i'm going to sub in whiskey a for whiskey b but if you put a bit of care into it if you actually look at the flavor profile that's in the whiskey and you can make a very nice cocktail with it no one has a like to stand on when they come to complaining yeah they might say it's a fancy whiskey but if there's a bit of a care and attention to it like i think last time we were talking about it where I said I made a, a Powers Rye Manhattan, but I changed the recipe a little bit to account for the fact that the Powers Rye is a bit softer. As long as you're not just going a one-for-one swap, like if you put a bit of care and attention to it, like it shows that you're not being lazy, you're not being silly, you're not wasting whiskey. You're saying, I'm looking at this whiskey and saying, how could I maybe elevate it a bit? How could I add something to it? How could I do something fun with it? And that's what it's all about. I mean, I'll go one further. I usually just say, as long as you pay for it, I don't really care what you do with it. <laughs> like, as long as it's as long as it's yours, you know, go for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it is a um, it's a fun it's a fun industry. It's a very opinionated industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is is one I don't think I would work anywhere else in. Um, and I'm sure you would have uh, lots of other pursuits if you wanted them, but I'm sure you're very happy. Uh, being the whiskey nerd yes, uh, yes i do word, enjoy the word yeah. though really really sets you apart there uh, no I, made, I, made, I made sure to get the the in there not just whiskey yeah i was like yeah. <laughs> exactly um but yeah um, i mean as i said it's the run of st patrick's day a lot of a lot of whiskey brands will be out there showcasing around the world um a lot of brand ambassadors will be floored for this period of time in bars restaurants liquor stores um i know teeling have a um campaign at the moment called paint the town green particularly if you look at uh, celtic whiskey shop right now they have decked out uh, the yeah. place in, in green which is um very effective i think a, a really cool campaign they've, they've branded it really well um i like um anything that's caught your eye uh, in in the, the this this month Anything, ooh, let's see, anything that's particularly caught my eye in terms of branding, I, I'm not sure. I've noticed there's definitely a few, there's definitely a few push. That I, I do like all the new launches that come out. Like, you know, we, we've had a few, like um, Greenspot came out with their Quails Gate recently enough. There's been new launches, there's been new releases. It is interesting to see, like, the brand saying, 
at the time of the year, let's let's take advantage of let's show off something new. And that's kind of I, I just I just like seeing that. I think in terms of other stuff going on in the in the in the country, there's, there's lots of good events. Obviously, there's gonna be there's gonna be cocktail evenings, there's gonna be great little tour experiences. There's a few I saw I think uh Rowan Co are doing an Irish coffee workshop or experience for a week around St. Patrick's Day. So it's, it's just cool to see like them leaning into the events and leaning into the fact that it's for sharing with you. Their Irish coffee glasses are also dynamite. They're very, yeah. they're not Libby glasses. They're not that kind of traditional style. Um, yeah. I really, I really like their glasses. Um, I know uh, Tullamore Jew were doing kind of a series of a kind of their their brand ambassador with yeah. Richmond Brands um, was doing some Irish coffee master classes as well. Um, I'm not sure if they're leading up to to um, St Patrick's Day or not, but um, it is good to see. Uh, in particular, Irish coffee is getting that highlight. I only say that because I love Irish. You're, coffee, you're so. an obsessed. I, you know, I will say recently, recent year, recent months, I've come, I think, a bit fonder of the Belfast coffee, which is one with made of putin. It's cold and, brew as well. Yeah. yeah, it's cold. It's got putin, in it, and it just it has this nice kind of subtle earthiness. And I think it just it's quite nice. It, it's a bit enjoyable. It's a bit different. Now, I might move back to Irish coffees in a while once I've gotten my fill of of, of Belfast coffees, but. I think it'd be a while before I get my fill of Belfast coffees. That's understandable. 1661, obviously the, the makers of that. Um, yeah. Their house Irish coffee also has Paris John's Lane, um, if you want the hot version, mm. um, which I also think is very interesting. Um, their hot Irish coffee rather than the, the Belfast coffee, which is their, their creation. Excuse me. As you correctly said, the Belfast coffee uses cold brew. But their Irish coffee also uses cold brew that they just warm up. <laughs> which I think is fantastic. Um, that they've kind of just like that it's multi-purpose, which I think is brilliant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, then also in March we have uh, obviously um, International Women's Day. I, I think yeah. it runs into a whole month uh, of celebrating. I know the Irish Whiskey Association uh, did an event uh, celebrating and highlighting uh, the women of the industry of of Irish whiskey. Um, and I think we talked, we talked all fair about the, there is kind of a, a, a stereotype and also a, a trend and, and that, that, um, women have better olfactory senses than men. Um, and I, I've seen that contested, it's something I strongly believe in, but I have no, I have no data either way. And that's why I'm going to put an apparently on this. But you'll you'll also notice in in future episodes I say apparently when I haven't fact checked something. Okay. You just uh, looked. You, you you've looked at one site on the internet and you said ah, that that'll do. Someone someone said it to me and I haven't validated this. That's when I say apparently. Um, but apparently uh, women have uh, stronger or better olfactory senses than men, which is also why you'll see a lot of uh, uh, women in the the blending departments and sensory departments in a lot of distilleries. Um. I know we have we have quite a few um, female blenders and and female uh, lab leaders in, in Ireland in the Irish whiskey industry and also across uh, Scotch and, and a number of other uh, whiskey industries as well. Um, there's actually a huge expand. I wouldn't say I don't. I hate to use the word a huge expansion. I think there's just been more awareness of women in the whiskey industry because there've been female distillers in Ireland for female blenders as well for a long time, but recently enough. There's been more like of a spotlight being put into it, like like you said, like there's more women in the industry, there's more people, more women consuming whiskey as well, and there's it's just good to see, good to highlight that to show that it's not just an all boys club, it's not just 
what did you call your your group the the whiskey wankers with your cigars and your suits and your yeah it's oh, back to the last episode yeah if anyone's yeah. wondering it's a bit of a it's it can be it can be more approachable for everyone and in, in the irish whiskey society we're doing an event where we're highlighting women whiskey makers so we've got all different brands we've got like jennifer nickerson from tipperary we've got uh caught baxter from ahaskra which i think i'm saying that name right it's a a-h-a-s ahaskra, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just they're picking out whiskeys they like and we're kind of it's not just about what they're making what they're doing it's about what what they like and showing off that the various profiles that it's not always going to be something that's light and flowery and easy to drink women can you know they as they as as they're just people they can just drink whatever they want and it's all about showing off that it's not a boring society and that's kind of what i was saying last time with the irish whiskey side where it is a lot more open a lot more honest that like we still have we still do skew as one of our members says a uh, male pale and stale but we're definitely getting a, a, an increase in in female kind of attend uh, uh, male pale and stale i once i heard that i was like i am stealing that and i am using that in future but we are we are tending younger definitely in the last i don't know a couple of months uh we definitely the average age has dropped a lot and you know it, we, we've definitely skewed a bit so it is good to see much more and good to take a month to highlight female distillery female whiskey makers yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely i mean there's uh <laughs> sorry i'm still laughing about that descriptor um yeah and i mean it, it's also one of the things i see a lot of um when it comes to mother's day which which also kind of coincides uh in this month um a lot of the time you'll see a lot of very uh different marketing and mm. kind of you know um where whereas if it was father's day you'd see every whiskey under the sun marketed um and the very same people will market cream liqueurs and vodkas and gins and yeah will never mention whiskeys, even if they're whiskey retailers. Um, and I think you'll you'll be seeing a lot of pushes away from that kind of mentality in that sense that yeah. there's a gendered difference in 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 liquids just because everyone drinks whatever they like. Um yeah. but um yeah I think it'll be it'll be very interesting uh going forward to see how the general consumers, be it in the Irish whiskey uh, society or or how marketing changes that way um mm. when it comes to you mentioned uh caught uh there um she's uh the head seller of a haskra that's uh, in the middle of of uh construction and, and uh, on the way to commissioning um the um the Haskra guys are very strong in the area I live in. Funnily enough, I'm in North yeah. Dublin, uh, which is nowhere near East Galway, which is where Haskra is. Um, but they're very strong in this area. Um, and I was actually in my local um, off-license. It's Carryout. Uh, okay. Carryout being one of my favorite um, chains of, of, of um, off-licenses in the country. And I asked the guy um, behind the counter, I just said, like, what, what, what sells? Like, what, you know, it was just shooting the shit yeah. I was, what what sells what doesn't sell um anything surprising you know that you know it sells um they have a, a haskra um malt i think it might be a 19 year old malt in this like pine chew instead yeah. of a um uh, i had a uh a 
gift tube around here somewhere, but I, um, I don't know where it is at the moment. Um, instead of a cardboard one, it's 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 wooden and it kind of opens as a as a box. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they were saying was that that actually that the presentation of that the bottle is no different; it just slots yeah. into the wooden tube. Um, their packaging and- is fantastic. Like some of their clan color releases, they do. It's like it's not just a standard box; it's like it opens up. I don't know how to describe it. For, for people who are listening, it's going to be a terrible description. But if you imagine a box where it opens out completely and then it just turns into one flat line and it tells the story of the clan color, the three color brothers. And it's really cool to see like the in the effort that was put into the packaging and showing off that, look, this is, as we were saying last time about like the, it's not just about what's, what you put into the bottle. It's also what the bottle is to get the customers involved, get the customers interested your whiskey because you can be making the best stuff in the world but if no one's drinking it you'll eventually go out of business and stop making it yeah i mean yes uh, like any business um you need you need some form of demand to keep the supply up yeah. um I, and i and i'm i'm actually very interested to see how clan color does um because in the world of drinks uh from both experience and kind of uh, watching market trends um but i will <laughs> Also emphasize experience in, in uh, um, like mythology doesn't sell if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the stories of mythological things that sound nice and romantic to people tend to be nice and romantic to the people whose mythology it is, if that yeah. makes sense. Um, and it tends to be very difficult to sell. Um, and obviously, Clan Color is not mythology, but it is in that same realm of mm-hmm. storybook history, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, because it's 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 not living history. It is it's romant. It's not romanticized history, but it's it's a it's a uh, recourse history. They're bringing this back. So I'm very interested to see how that lands with people in terms of uh, a message and a story, and um, because a lot of the times. Some of those can be lost, but some can be done really well. So I'm really excited to see how they land that from Haskra in East Galway. Um, and also it's it's set up to be a, a very um, very interesting distillery in the old mill. Yeah, I think they're commissioning their stills in April, so not, not too long away now until they're actually in the middle of making their own whiskey. And then three years down the line, we might be tasting it. What well, one would hope. One would hope. Well, they might leave it to four. Sometimes some of the series are like they're they're letting it go past the the bare minimum before they they bottle. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing like as we said, like the we talked a few times now about the renaissance of Irish whiskey. That Irish whiskey is coming back kind of to the forefront. But it'll be a few years yet. Maybe it'll be at least ten years before we see ten year old Irish whiskey. Maybe yeah, because some I, of the I don't, think, are, yeah. I don't think we've hit the renaissance yet. Personally, I think we're in the the fledgling stage of it but it's when like you said that all distilleries are have 10 year old stock that's when we're yeah. going to see the real boom and the the personalities in particular come out because mm-hmm. we had a period where there was kind of a fear that everyone would be a mini coolie and, yeah. and then it's almost a the, the the flip side fear that everyone's going to be a mini gnd and I, and I don't think anyone will um but it's when that personality shines through in the spirit I yeah. think in a number of years' time that we're going to see a lot of that that renaissance, that boom, that that pickup happen because we're we're getting there. We're we're picking up momentum, but I, I think we're going to have a big big boom in a few years. And that's 
and that's one thing I like with not just the distilleries, but the kind of booming bonders and bottlers you've got, like with JJ Corey, with, with two stacks of them enjoying right now. They've got, you know, they've got whiskeys, whiskey bonders and blenders that are planning to not just take from G&D, not just take from one distillery, but take stock from multiple places and say, now that the whiskey is, let's say, five or 10 years old, we know what the DNA of that malt is like. We know what that taste is like. Where can we blend that with somewhere else to create something else, maybe something better than some of its parts? And like you said, like that, that won't happen properly for another few years until we have all the distilleries with all their flavor profiles, with all that library of flavors available to our bonders and blenders. Because if you look at the Scottish brands, like a uh, Monkey Shoulder, I think is it's a very famous uh, cocktail whiskey over in Scotland, but I think it's made of 20 different whiskeys. Johnny Walker as well, very popular, but also made of loads of different whiskeys from loads of different distilleries. And we don't really have that in Ireland. Not yet. Not yet. I'm sure we will see it. And, and again, that Johnny Walker model was a very very clever model when it was invented because there's so many whiskies in it if you lose supply of three or five or seven in a year because there's seven of 50 that that drop won't be missed in terms of the flavor profile if that makes sense um which is a phenomenal idea for consistency um and i think two stacks are one that i'm 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 very gleefully watching to see what they come up with um, yeah three guys you know um, oh yeah they're they're if you start talking to them like they're not secretive about it like they say oh we've got plans to do this we've got we've got some of these casks in we've got they're just so excited about what they're doing like obviously it is, it is a business but it is the passion behind the business that makes it super successful and that's right. and that's one thing i was talking to and um, there's a woman um both say won't say her name here because she was planning on thinking of starting off a brand of whiskey and she was like, Oh, I'm just going to dip my toe in the water. What should I do? How many lines should I make? And I actually referenced two stacks. And I said, look, two stacks have essentially one type of whiskey. Now they use five different whiskeys. It's if, if you're watching it, you can see oh, there it is. There's five different, five different types of whiskey that go into the blend, but that's the same whiskey that goes in here. It's the same profile. They just finish it in different ways. They put it at different strengths. So once you have a good profile, you can then expand with it. And it's, it's great to see like the guys did that, like found a good whiskey. Like you said they were iterating a few different brand, a few different uh, types of that cream liqueur. And they, once you have that, once they have a flavor profile dialed in, you can then adjust and adapt it and grow. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing things like that brand doing with multiple distilleries where they get that kind of flavor library up. Yeah. And as we've said in previous shows, they are going out of their way to lay down new make stock from different distilleries where they are going in and, and commissioning, uh, not just buying whatever the, the, yeah. the stock is on the, on the still that day, they're going in and they're commissioning um, 100% rye and 50% rye and, you know, projects that have never been done in Ireland before um, for their own warehouses. And I think that's the really, and I'm not giving away any secrets here. These are all things they've talked about, you know, and then they've, um, I think it's something that will really set two stacks apart in years to come uh that they they they're going out of their way um because a lot of bonders can as we said previously on different shows can become caught in the trap of sourcing from g and d perpetually yeah. if that makes sense um and it's very difficult to then differentiate yourself down the line because in the world of international sales right now um if you go looking um 
for distributors around the world, um, the the Irish market isn't as large as as Scotch. Um, and while there are thousands of Scotch brands, there are tens of Irish brands, um, and that tens is making the market very crowded. And yeah. one of the things I've even not even recently, of the last couple of years, um, I've been seeing and experiencing and, and hearing is that um, there's not some uh, some and a lot of distributors and importers, etc. Uh, aren't even considering brands that don't have distilleries. Yeah, because there's only yeah, because there's only so many times you can kind of drink the same whiskey just with a different packaging, with a different, and it does, as you said, dilute the market by competing with essentially itself, just with a different label. Yep, and and it shows, you know, when having I, I suppose devil's advocate for the importers is that they're saying it shows longevity, commitment to long time in the market, et cetera, success in the market, et cetera, like things like that. But um, also gives an indication that they're willing to make things that are different and differentiated, if that makes sense. Um, but I think when you see brands like Two Stacks, while I'm sure they will still run into the distributors that are yeah. turning the number but that they don't have a distillery they'll be able to find the distributors that will very much care about the innovation that they're bringing and i think yeah. that'll really set them apart in years to come um you know small company uh tied with cologne as well both very popular brands so i i don't think there's gonna be any problem no. in their success maybe just seeing how they both scale up in future years i think it'd be mm. very interesting yeah, because it does. It does. There was one one point that you mentioned about like Johnny Walker. Let's say has fifty whiskeys. Let's say there's one, two, or even seven. You're not really going to use lose a huge amount of flavor. But currently, with Irish whiskey, let's say as we said, ten year old whiskey. If you want to source ten year old grain or ten year old malt, it's only from a certain area, certain types of distillery, and eventually those might stop selling to sources, might stop selling to bonders. So we do need the new blood, as it were, to come up and create that environment where we have a good industry where it's not just irish good irish brand ambassadors good irish kind of selling but not a lot of good different irish products yeah and i mean there there's definitely one of the things i think it should be also taken into account is there's there there is a, an incoming shock a supply shock in an irish whiskey there's there's a very I, I, i've spoken to brendan carty about this before i, I think on three drams um that there is the, the ability to purchase even young Irish uh, malt has almost yeah. been completely decimated. So there will be a supply shock in whether it gets passed on the consumers or even noticeable by the consumers is, is different. But when you're looking at these brands that don't have their own distilleries or the distilleries are too young to have their own products, um, I think we'll see a very quick reshuffle in the next couple of years, if it's not this year. Um, and there are obviously still some places that will sell you those um, five, six, nine, 10, 15, 20 year olds if they exist. Um, but they have, um, some of those have uh, leverage deals. So for every 1,000 liters uh, or 1,000 LPA you buy um, of age spirit, you have to buy five or even in some cases 10,000. Uh, oh, okay. Leaders of new make grain, um, 
And not only yeah. do you just end up with like an inordinate amount of grain that you didn't yeah. particularly want in the beginning, um, if you have to buy ten thousand liters of grain, say even see even if it's at one quid a liter, which it's not, but if it was one quid a liter, and you need to buy it at ten thousand. Yeah, uh, that's a liters. lot of expense. Yeah, uh, that you tie up in in capital. Um, so a lot of the smaller brands can't do things like that. Um, not even some of the smaller brands. A lot of the medium-sized brands can't do that either. Yeah. Um, so it's. I think we'll see um, in the coming months and years uh, some brand plans accelerated in terms of what's coming to market. Um, uh, maybe some people are just going to hold out for longer or whatnot. Um, or some people will bring new expressions to the market because there's, there's definitely um, demand of mature irish whiskey massively outstrips supply and i Uh, think one of the problems the city is also kind of facing is there's almost in terms of oversaturation of markets if you think of gins and vodkas the stuff that distillery might have used to been able to rely on to be able to tie them over while the stock matures like it's not just irish whiskey it's not just irish gin you've got gins from all around the world essentially that you're competing with and so it's it's i think harder for brands to have as you said to get over that initial kind of hump where they have their own stuff where they have their own capital essentially that they can sell rather than just holding it in a bonded warehouse yeah and um, um we said yeah. spoke in the last episode about um we we'll touched on lightly about um consumers around the world are moving to local mm. um which which also just on a side note uh, also trends very closely to recessions on a just that's that's not a funny kind um but it does it you know in recessionary times people look inwards a lot more um and obviously the world's in a funny time but um consumers right now are looking at local um and as i said in the last episode um irish whiskey and scotch whiskey and japanese whiskey or whatever can't be reproduced in any other country so that doesn't really affect them all that much if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um but gin can. Gin yeah. produced in Ireland isn't theoretically that differentiated from gin produced in India or in Canada or yeah. in Guatemala or in Australia. Um, and also, like you said, people will be relying on these white spirits. Um, and I don't think, well, definitely in most places gins had its hate it's 50 euro gin is is done and has been for a while yeah uh, and i'm not really even sure as a person that sells spirits for a daily job um i'm not really sure how 50 euro gin ever became a thing because in a lot of cases the gin was higher price than the whiskey people yeah. had five and ten year old whiskeys that weren't 50 euro like I would sometimes mention Dingle to friends, and they'd say, "Oh, the the gin, the really expensive." I was like, "No, no, no, they they make whiskey too." And it was almost it was like it was whiskey distillery that made gin, and then yeah. the gin almost yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna just to not collate those points. Dingle gin was not a fifty euro gin. No, gin. no, 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 no. But it was it was known as an upmarket good yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good quality, but it was they they weren't the they aren't the echelon I was talking about. They're they're no. still the. 3035 which is still the market that sells on a side note um but yeah there was some um some very expensive gins that outsold the same just the same distillery 
mm-hmm. whiskeys that were sourced that were 10 years old or something. And it was just, you were sitting there looking at one, you're holding one bottle going, all right, I can buy this juniper vodka for <laughs> 60 euro, but I can buy this 10 year old single malt for 40 euro. And you just kind yeah. of. Which one do you, yeah. Yeah. Now, now yeah. We, we have been a little bit down, I think, in the last couple of minutes about the, the current humps that Irish was, but I think it's important to note that there are going to be challenges, and it just means that the brands that survive, the whiskies we get at the end, are just going to be that much better. I think it means that the, 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 it's the brands that have been successful, the distillers that have been passionate, they've not just been in it for the laughs, they've actually made good stuff. So I think, as we said, like the Renaissance Irish whiskey, it is still coming. It, they might have a couple of years as you said with supply shocks coming down the line but i think as long as we keep promoting it you keep doing three drams i keep making cocktails we're gonna have a good time and we're gonna have some good whiskeys exactly and and the great thing about a supply shock is it's not a demand shock it's not that nobody's yeah. buying it it's just too many people are too many people trying. want to buy it. yeah yeah exactly um which is the main thing um so overall as i said in the last time we've provine in March as well, where you get the, is the global showcase uh, for all spirits, but but Irish whiskey is obviously the focus of what we're talking about as well um, around the world. Go to your whiskey festivals, talk to your brands. Um, yeah. These are the people that the whiskey ambassadors and the brand owners and everything, they're the people that want to show you what they're making. Um, yeah. And know, when you're at whiskey festivals, always ask them, what have you got? Because they might have a cheeky sample under the table that they're not showing off but if you ask them what they've got they'll say oh yeah i've got this i've got this you might want to try it so these are the people i said they're proud they're happy they want to show it off and if you show you're interested in this it also keep helps keep their motivation alive it helps them know what are they making what do you like what do you what should they be making in the future yeah um mike cowman lord of the last drop on most social medias um does a great series pretty much every whiskey live um on things not to do at whiskey festivals, which is, is always good. Check them out on TikTok. And a lot of the things um, that you'll see people to walk up and be like, what's the most expensive whiskey? What's, what's, what's under the table? Mm. And um, those are the things that won't ingratiate yourself to, to, to brands. Um, for me, for going to these whiskey festivals, it's, it's very much trying to um, walk up, engage with the brands um, and find ones. Go When you're going to Whiskey Live, figure out or or uh, Cork Whiskey Fest, another yeah. example of something that is going to be huge this year. Um, figure out if you're going to Cork Whiskey Fest and you're going to the showcase day where there's lots of brands or you're going to Whiskey Live where you've every brand in Ireland uh, at the, the festival, figure out ahead of time what brands are going to be there mm-hmm. write yourself a list of the must sees and see them first exactly nope. i was going to say that you have to pick your ones you want to go to and if you have a brand that you want to see ask them what their favorite whiskey is because sometimes they'll have four or five whiskeys and you well you can try to drink them all but you'll get escorted out i think by security pretty quickly the eighth brand no. yeah like yeah. for me, for me, Ecklandville, um, Dunville's Ecklandville, like I need, I, I cannot get my hands on a bottle of Old Cumber. I have been trying, I, this is like the bane of my existence. I have never been able to find 
I've never been able to get uh, um, to the sales link on mm. time for a bottle of all cumber. So this year's whiskey live. And I went last time and they did run out of all, uh, their old cumber. I think they brought like two sample bottles. Yeah. Um, it was only like a kind of a soft launch of the brand. Um, it's a blended pot still. At this point, it'll eventually become a single pot. You know, the, the whole brand's going to evolve. Yeah. Um, and and the Ecklandville is just one of the, like, talk about exciting brands in Irish whiskey. Um, so this year, my plan is like, is like quick and early, go yeah. ingratiate myself with, be it, Shane or or Jarlett or or Stephen McGuinness and and get myself a bloody sample of this. But I know ahead of time that's what I'm going number one. Yeah, and know yourself where you want to go. Know your own tolerance levels and and don't be overzealous in that fact. You know. Yeah, they all they always have loads of water around. Make sure you drink water. Because like, last whiskey live Dublin, like, as you said, like the the worst thing you can do is is ask what's your most expensive whiskey. I, I go one better. I think the worst thing a person can do is just walk up and say, and for the people listening at home, I just lifted my glass and say, here, I've seen people just do that. Just I, walk up, hold the glass. I think that's the second worst. The worst is to, to, to grab the bottle. Oh, okay. Well, look at that. that that's almost like stealing the whiskey. I'd almost go with that. Oh, not, not a, like, from being on both sides of the table, that will, that you're done. <laughs> you're done, buddy. You're out. Um, but on the flip side of that, at the last Whiskey Live, it was the last session, or maybe what, no, it was the Saturday night session, and I I got I nipped off five minutes early, and I ran to um, I ran to a brand that I really like. I'm not going to name just because they were they were nice and cheeky for me, and I walked up to them, and the the people of of the RDS were closing things down. They were like, no one serves anymore. And I walked up to someone on the stand that I really wanted to go to. And they knew me and I know them and we're, we're friends. And I went up to them and I was like, lads, I'm an exhibitor. You're an exhibitor. Like, can I? Let's make something happen. Yeah. No, yeah. Can I? I was like, I just, there's this, this whiskey, this whiskey right here. I want to try this. Can I try it? And your man was like, listen, man, we're done. Like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get kicked out if, if I pour another sample. And I was like, is there anything you could do? And he goes, listen, if you pick up the bottle and pour it for yourself, then I can't I can't get in trouble theoretically, right? And I was like, all right, cool. Love loopholes, no problem. And I pick up the bottle and I open the cork and we did the same thing we, like we do in every episode. I went, right? I did that. And someone else from the brand who didn't know me as well was in front of the stand. Yeah. And saw me do that and like lost the fucking blast. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, no, no, no. He like, he told me that he he. This is this is a calculated thing where I'm not like we're we're cool. We are cool. I swear. Um, but I got my sample anyway. That was nice. It was all yeah. resolved very easily. Um, are you yeah. going to be at Whiskey Lab Dublin this year? Just personal or any professional capacity? Both everything. A little bit yeah. of every at every category. Um. Might even see if we can get some uh, podcasting done at the at it as well. I don't yeah. know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what's what's possible. But it's um, every brand which what under the sun is going to be at um, whiskey mm -hmm. live. Anyone who's anyone in the world of Irish whiskey will yeah. will be there in terms of and, yeah. and brand. I'm sure you've your yeah. tickets bought already. Oh, I'll be there for both days. One day I'll be on the Irish Whiskey Society table. So if anyone is 
going to be showing up in Whiskey Lab Dublin. If you're going to be there on a Friday, come by the Irish Whiskey Society, say hi. We will have tickets available for events. We'll have stuff going on. We have good samples of very good single cask Irish whiskey that we sourced ourselves from good brands. So if you're there, just come by, say hi, and we'll see what we can uh, talk about. Exactly. Um, if people wanted to find uh, you personally online, as we wrap up the show here, where should we be looking for the Whiskey Word Nerd, Mr. Matt? Primarily, I'd say primarily on YouTube, on The Whiskey Nerd, I, although I do have an Instagram account, uh, The Whiskey Nerd as well. So either way, find me there. If people are going to try to contact you, though, um, tell you how much they loved your Granny Smith apple uh, whiskey sour. Um, are you are you easier to contact on the Instagram or is it is it the Facebook for you? I think uh, I think it's 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 YouTube. YouTube actually, uh, it, it's easier to find comments on YouTube because uh, Instagram it, it does, you can get likes, you can get things. I, I've sometimes missed messages from people because uh, the Instagram spam filters have caught a few messages, and I, I've been like a month later, and I see oh I go check my spam messages, I see a nice message of someone asking me for advice on a present. And I say, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm sure this person's, their birthday has passed by, but here's what I would have suggested you buy them. So I think on, on YouTube, it's 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 easier to reach me there because the, the spam filter seems a little less strict. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you very much to you, Matt. Uh, and a huge thank you to our sponsors, irishmalts.com, who are also the people behind 3drams.com. Um, if you are looking for Irish whiskeys, gins, and puchins, uh, delivered direct to your door, uh, check out irishmalt.com, uh, your one-stop shop for uh, Irish whiskey and everything in between. Um, I have been your host, uh, Matt Healy, uh, from potstill.com, also known as Potstill Matt. Matt, uh, you have been our co-host, and it's been fantastic to have you here yet again for episode number four of the Middle Cup podcast, uh, Mr. The Whiskey Nerd. Um, partnered, of course, with The Whiskey Noob. Uh, Rose, who, who is not on the show, but is is a, uh, I am very fond of her content on your channel and her own channel, uh, bringing a different aspect uh, of the the whiskey world to both cocktails and whiskey tastings. So to you, to everyone at home, and of course to Irish Malts, a very big thank you, and I uh, hope you have a lovely evening and good night. Slaughter. <laughs>